good afternoon everyone and thank you for choosing to spend your afternoon here with myself, Karen and Antoine. For those who don't know, I'm Patricia Ogden-Faber and I do a podcast show to help people maximise property values. It's called, it's very original, Maximising Property Values and you can find it on your popular um, podcast listening platforms. So if you go onto Apple or Google or Spotify or Audible, just search for Maximise the Property Values and you will be able to find it. Normally that is a monologue, but I now have a guest series that I've added to the monologue. And today my guests are Karen Yuen and Antoine Dufresne. So let us get to know them a little bit better before we go into property matters. And the regulars know how absolutely nosy I am. So yep, it's going to be the same thing. So who are they? So Karen and Antoine are private investors who invest in other people's property projects. Karen's background is in legal and compliance and Antoine's background is in investment banking. Together, they have over 10 years of experience in property and today they run a community for property investors and developers who want to scale their businesses using investor finance the right way. So Karen and Antoine, welcome to Maximising Property Values. But before we go into your property activities, let us get to know you a little bit better. So here are your questions. So everyone gets asked a few questions which they don't know anything about before I ask them and it just helps us to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so this is the first one which is a bit of a long one. So I've noticed that May is a bit of an anniversary month for you guys. You, if my, if my info is correct, you guys met in May and also you started your current business in May. So, and Karen, you studied in Sheffield. Antoine, you studied in the US. So how did you guys meet? That's your first question. That's that's a long one, and I can confirm that we didn't know what the questions were going to be. <laughs> uh, but thank you, thank you for having us, Patricia. So yes, I think the the month of April and May is a very busy one for us with our birthdays, um, our business anniversary, uh, and and a number of other things. Um, and uh, so where did we meet? We met in London, uh, which has been the place where we spent. Um, the last uh, 10 years or so uh, for myself and even longer than that uh, for Karen. So yeah, London in the UK is the place where we met. Great stuff. Um, and um, then, uh, and this is a bit of a simple one, but I'd like each of you to answer this. So what do you each do to, to switch off? You know, when business gets a bit too much, and you know, so that you can avoid overwhelm, what do you each do to make sure that you do not become overwhelmed? Uh, so a, a recent hobby that we have picked up again uh, in the last sort of eight months is tennis. So what we do to switch off from the, the daily grind of our business is to go away and play a game of tennis. And when you are in a match situation, you have no time to be thinking about anything other than how you are going to beat your opponent. <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> Do you know, I, and that is life, isn't it? We have to be competitive. For a long time in my life, I always have to apologise. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, other parents of children in where my ch schools of where my children went, Patricia, you're so competitive, but that is life. And and it, it's it's exciting to just play that game, you know, win or lose. If you try your best, you go away happy. That sounds amazing. What about you, Antoine? Uh, 
actually, we, we don't go away happy. There's always one <laughs> unhappy person at the end because we're both quite competitive. So we, we both like to win. So whether it's tennis or anything else, there's normally one very unhappy person at the end. But also one very happy person. <laughs> oh, can I? Oh, I'm guessing who normally wins here. <laughs> It's it's actually pretty even. So uh, oh, is yeah. it? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. And when when it's not, we normally give the other person a handicap to uh, to make it a bit of a challenge. So it's fun for for the both oh, of us. Oh, great stuff! That you know that sounds really really good. So you both kind of like wind down, you know, do, doing the same activity, tennis. Anything else uh, that you'd like to share? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, something I, I've been doing for the last uh, few years as well is um, rugby refereeing as well. Uh, and again, you know, it's it's one of those like uh, very switched on uh, activities where you don't have time to think about anything else because you have to be, you know, um, really, really focused and um, like really, you know, really in it. Uh, to be able to to perform and deliver. So yeah, that's a great way to, uh, to spend an afternoon running around and thinking about something else. Wow, wow, wow. Rugby. Oh gosh. Um, I, I, so so what what age do you do you um, deal with? So I am dealing with all ages uh, from starting from about under four uh, from the under 14 category to uh, adults and that's uh, men and women uh, so it's a, it's a real mix and sometimes there are even mixed teams depending on the on the age category as well and is it usually contact uh, yes yes it is yes yeah. so there, there are rules around um, you know how um, um, where you can tackle the other players, you know, how high uh, on their body you can tackle them. But yeah, it's, it's contact for sure. Yeah. Wow. 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 And so um, thank you for sharing that with us. Now, um, so you guys, you offer an amazing service to investors who want to scale their businesses because anyone who is honest will know or well, for most people anyway, um, at some point or other, you run out of money. And when you run out of money, but you, you still have that buzz, you still have the love for what you're doing, you still want to kind of like grow, you want to do more than you've actually done, you then need to look to raising money from other people. And you help people do that. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about quality investor packs um so for the benefit of people in the room you can tap on the link that i've posted above and if you're listening on the podcast you can go to www.qualityinvestorpacks.com and i will repeat that um during uh, this talk so if you if you've not written it down just go and get a pen or paper uh, pen and paper or pencil uh, or whatever or your phone or your ipad so that you can write it down in fact i'll do it now www.qualityinvestorpacks.com so yeah over to you guys yeah, so let, let, let me tell you how Quality Investor Packs came about. So as you said before, when you, um, when you very kindly introduced us, we are private investors, right? So we're looking for property developers and property projects to invest in, to invest with. And while we were doing that, we realized that there was, that there was a, very, a very big knowledge gap when it came, when it came to um, presenting yourself to investors in a way that was going to make them want to say yes to you in a way that was going to make them find you credible investable you know and want to place invest their money with you in your project so because we were really frustrated by um, the quality of the investor packs that we received or the quality of the communication that uh, the exchanges that we had with property developers looking for money we started helping them out and um, that's how the business started and um, you know started growing over the last uh, two years uh, or so um, and um, yeah that's that's the idea behind quality investor packs and I'll, I'll, um, I'll jump on one thing that you said as well is that you know people are going to be running out of money at one point right so they're going to be 
needing to have private investor finance if they want to go further, if they want to do more deals, or if they want to do bigger deals. But the key in making raising private investor finance a success is to not wait until you've run out of money. Because if you don't have any of your own money to invest in your project, you're not going to be sending a very, very strong signal to the investors that you're going to be looking to convince. Having skin in the game is one of the most powerful arguments that you can put forward when you talk to, uh, pro uh, to private investors, when you're looking to convince them to invest in your deals. So for those of you who are considering you know, raising investor finance for their deals, don't wait until you've completely run out of money. But instead, look at how much money you've got now and see how many deals you want to do in the next, say, you know, 18, 24 months, and then get investors on board right now. You know, have some of your own money in the deal, some of your investors' money, and that's going to make it a lot easier for you to convince them to back you up and come on board on your journey. Do you know, that is just so, so true because you know, most of us, you know, we spend what we have and then we run out of money and then we think, oh, okay, um, who has maybe come, you know, spoken to me about, you know, JVing or whatever, and then we speak to them and then, you know, we, we just go on like that. So, so you actually systemize, I, I suppose, if I can use that word, the means of keeping the business completely funded for the next 18 months going go you know looking ahead for 18 months um that is amazing yeah so the the idea, the idea is really to plan ahead right it's not uh, you have to you have to make sure that your business is going to be sustainable from a funding perspective for the you know for the short to medium term for the near to uh, to, to medium term um, and you know the way to do that is to really uh, think about how much of your own money you can use and how much how many deals that allows you to do and then you want to incorporate private investor finance to make it go further and, you know and alongside that you know again having skin in the game is going to really help you um, have um, you know, easier conversations with investors great stuff so that's the first thing skin in the game now also, and it's very important, isn't it? And I think, you know, this again is, is, is where you guys will add so much value to any property investor developers business. And that is putting your best foot forward. Because if people, you know, they might be investable, but they approach the investor in the wrong way. And that can be off-putting, especially if they don't know one another. The investor's not going to have the confidence to actually invest in them. So again, you know, that is something which I think is just so valuable in what you guys do. Do you, do you want to kind of like maybe tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what, one of the two of the most common mistakes that we see people make when they are uh, when they go about looking to raise private investor finance is number one, they tend to wait until they have a deal to start looking for investors. Okay, uh, what, what, this is really you know, one of the most common mistakes we see, uh, we see people make. So what you want to do is you want to, you know, way before you have a deal to fund, you want to start building relationships with potential investors. You want to start connecting with potential investors. You want to start building your network. And alongside that, another mistake that we see people make is leading with the deal. So they would you know, reach out to someone and in the first conversation or maybe in a, in a message on a social media platform, you know, the first thing they would say, oh, hey, you know, Patricia, I've got this great deal. Would you like to hear more about it? And it's going to put people off, right? Because you, you're putting them in a situation where they have straight away to say, you know, yes or no. And the comfortable answer for them is going to be the least risky answer is going to be no. Okay, that's not, not for me. So what you want is really to not lead with a deal, but instead talk to people, um, start building a relationship, you know, nurture that relationship over time 
up until the time where they'll be ready, they'll be comfortable, they'll find you credible and investable enough to say, you know what, now, Patricia, I'm ready, okay? You've convinced me that you're the real deal, you know, you're a safe pair of hands, and I'm ready to look at investing in a project with you. So don't burn your bridges, you know, from, from the start by just leading with a deal, um, getting people to, to make a rushed decision, like yes or no decision from the start by asking them, you know, do you want to invest in this or do you want to invest in that? You know, instead, build a relationship like you would, you know, with anybody else, right? Um, it's, it's really important to, to do that as well with private investors. Do you know, you are so, so right. Because, you know, the analogy, I guess, is, you know, you're not going to kind of like, you know, set your eyes on someone and, and you know, marry them immediately. <laughs> you're going to get to know them first <laughs> and then decide if you're compatible before you tie the knot. Um, similar, isn't it? it? You know, when, you know, we're talking about, you know, going into business together with, you know, literal strangers, I, I guess. Yeah, I, that's something actually that, that we, we say a lot, Patricia, in that, you know, people are familiar with building romantic relationships. You know, even if you're looking for a lifetime partner, you don't walk into a bar or a restaurant, walk up to the first attractive person you see and say, you know, hey, I really like the look of you. Should we talk about getting married? You know, there, <laughs> there are ways to go about it. You, you have an initial conversation, you know, you work out compatibility, you go on a second date, you know, third date. There are stages in which the relationship moves through before you get to that ultimate, you know, end goal for some, which is to get married. And that's no different to a business relationship. You know, if I haven't met you before, why would I feel comfortable handing over a hundred thousand grand, a hundred thousand pounds to you just because you asked for it? We have to go through the same process. And I think we hear this a lot in property, know, like, and trust. And the reason why we hear a lot about it is because it's true. You have to know, like, and trust someone before you would take it to that next step. And so it's important to spend time building that relationship before you even talk about money. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Do you know, there's also, um, I heard someone once say to me, um, so they invest in other people's um, um, you know, property businesses, and they had someone approach them who they actually liked, but they were they weren't able to deal with them because that person didn't actually seem to be aware of the um, the regulations regarding raising money and you know taking people's money and offering them. Um, a return which is not kind of like you know calculated like interest so where you say to somebody you know let's jv together we'll share our profits uh, you know any kind of profit share you know as you guys know is is you know it's regulated as to, as to how you can promote you know that person giving you their money so this person said no because they weren't given the correct form to fill and 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 i completely you know i can see why they'd do that because if an investor doesn't even know the the very basics about approaching people to invest in their businesses what else do they not know so i don't know if you guys want to come like maybe tell us a bit more about you know this this famous PS 13 slash three, um, which is, um, you know, part of the um, uh, guidance uh, produced by the FCA. Yeah. Uh, so Patricia, yeah, what you've just said that is really true. Uh, something we do say is that if if you don't want to learn about compliance, you shouldn't be working with investors' money. You know, it's it's part and parcel of wanting to raise investor finance. You have to familiarize yourself with the basic FCA rules. And as you've mentioned, uh, so financial promotion is something that's regulated by the FCA. And what a financial promotion is, is when you are putting, um, when you're asking for money, uh, to put it very simply, that's a financial promotion. And you cannot make it to anybody. Now, there are categories of investors that you can make a financial promotion to. And these the two most popular categories that most people would have heard of are the ones of a high net worth individual and a sophisticated investor. 
the onus is not on you to figure out if they are a high net worth investor or a sophisticated investor. It's for them to declare that they are one. So there is a pre forma statement available in the FCA handbook, which you can get the, the text, you know, it's word for word. You get, you put that statement uh, in a, a form, you send it over to the investor, they sign it, they date it, and presto, they are now in an exam category in which you can make a financial promotion to. Now, just because you've done this once doesn't mean that you can promote to them for life. Um, it's an annual requirement, so you have to make sure that you update your records annually by reaching out to them to check that their status is the same as before. So that's something that's touched on in the PS13.3 about making sure that your investors are exempt before you promote to them. Now, since then, there have been other regulations that have been released uh, more recently in the last few years. Uh, and we think that's because property being an unregulated industry has seen an increase of how shall we say it, um, creative financial products. And I think a number of investors, retail investors have lost, lost large sums of money by investing in these creative financial products. So the FCA has taken a closer look at it. And I think in, in 20, 2020 or 2019, uh, they introduced a ban, a temporary ban on mini bonds. And this ban came into force for 12 months and during which they use that period to consult on making that ban permanent. So that ban on mini bonds is now permanent today. There is something else they are, they are looking at, a mo uh, at, at the moment, which is the categorization of the high net worth and sophisticated investor. There was a consultation paper uh, released earlier this year in which the FCA were looking at sort of redefining the requirements for this category. So that's something to keep an eye out for. So compliance is an ever-changing landscape. You need to remember that just because someone has told you something at one point, so if you learned compliance in 2017, it doesn't mean that it's going to hold true today. You need to stay up to date with all the changes to be on top of it. And I'll add one more thing as well. So uh, Patricia, you mentioned, uh, so your example was for a profit share, so an equity type of investment. So in the last few years, they have... Uh, expanded the roles to also cover debt instruments. So loans are now also covered by the same regulation as equity or profit share type investments, which means that if you want to take out a loan from a private investor, then they would have to be a high net worth uh, individual or a sophisticated investor as well. And there, there may be other requirements like a suitability assessment depending on the, the type of investment opportunity that you are looking to promote uh, to investors. But yeah, as Karen was saying, this is an ever-changing landscape. So it's good to just stay on top of the regulation, to look credible in the eyes of the savvy and sophisticated investors uh, who know uh, what the regulation is. And, you know, exactly as you said as well, you know, when, we, when Karen and I look or when we uh, interact, engage with property developers looking for money, uh, if they show us uh, by the actions that they don't understand or don't know the regulation, uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a big no-no for us. And like you said earlier, you know, if you as a property developer don't know about FCA regulation, what does that mean about the rest of your business? You know, where else are you cutting corners in your business? And that's the worrying part from the the perspective of private investors like us. Wow, thank you very much. So, do you know, that is that is just so true. And my my uh, my level of knowledge wasn't completely up to date because I've learned something new. Because it, it used to be that um, loans were not, you know, covered by this. Um, so. And I'm so, not that I take loans, I don't take loans from people, but I know a lot of the people who do. And um, so it's really, really good to know. Um, and this really, honestly, everyone in the room or who might be listening to this podcast, this is, you know, why it, it, it seems like a mantra where I go on about, you know, if we don't know something, we need to align ourselves with someone who actually does, so that you, all the gaps in our knowledge, they're actually plugged 
because unless we do that, our businesses are not going to really be successful for long. We need to make sure that we are always compliant, that we comply with the law because people say, oh, well, you know, what does it really matter? You're just being pernickety. Um, you know, so-and-so's done it and so-and-so's doing it. But what I say to people all the time, and I remember when I was studying law, and it may well be, you know, the same with you, Karen, because you you studied law as well. We were told, um, well, actually, it wasn't the study of law. It was when I was at, um, when I was doing my law society uh, exams and studying for those, we were told, oh, you know, if you go into parliament, you can employ a member of your family um, to work for you and you can claim a salary for them. And you can also claim um, interest on a second home. It went on and on and on and on about the things that you could do if you went into parliament. Now, about 10 years ago, lots of MPs actually had to return the monies that I was taught back in the day they were entitled to claim. And that's why some of them actually went to court to say, well, actually, no, we weren't defrauding because this is what everyone was doing and this was how it went. And the, and the, and the judges said, no, it's against the law. So I say to people, you know, the mere fact that people are getting away with something for you know, 10 years or however long doesn't mean that it might, in the future, you might not then have to pay for it. So why not just, you know, set yourself out on, you know, a solid foundation and know that, you know, there's nothing that can go wrong. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's important to look credible in the eyes of investors and it starts with being uh, up to date on um, FCA regulation and what you have to do to um, to handle uh, investors' money uh, properly. And so, you, uh, just to go back to one thing you said earlier as well. So you were quoting one of the pieces of regulation or the pieces of FCA regulation. So PS thirteen slash three. So the one that talks about loans. Uh, if anybody in the room is interested in checking it out. Uh, is from uh, 2020 and it's called PS. So PS stands for Policy Statement and it's PS 20 slash 15. Uh, and so that's the, the, the most up-to-date one uh, on this front that you can uh, you can easily Google and, and check out and it's going to give you all the details uh, on this front. Well, and that's a common saying um, in law in that ignorance is not a defense. So you cannot plead ignorance and hope to get away with it. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Patricia, you, you mentioned something about um, family having benefits and it triggered something that we hear about very commonly in property, which is that you can raise funds from friends and family. So I think this is something that has probably been around, you know, for years, um, maybe before even I started property, which was in 2014, that you can raise money from friends and family and they fall into this exempt category of people. Now, at some point during my property journey, you know, being uh, of a legal background, I got curious and I wanted to find out exactly where in the regulations this was stated. Because up until that point, no one had actually given me a citation for where I could find it. So I did a little bit of digging around, and I think this was in 2017 when I started looking, and I could not find it. So what I then did was I reached out to a few other sort of compliance experts in the industry that, that I knew who were in property as well to say, hey, you know this friends and family exemption that we hear about, where does it come from? Like, do you know where it is so that I could read it for myself and be able to then you know, know that I'm proceeding on firm ground? And one of them uh, used to work in the FCA, and they did some digging around and found out that the FCA had actually uh, updated the rules on it. And friends and family are no longer an exempt category for life. So the, the wording was not written with property people in mind. So if you look it up, there is something about friends and family, but it's written very much for startup companies. So they, they appreciate that when you are starting up a new business, you have got a new idea, you know, you don't know if you're going to succeed.
Ooh, have I lost you or is it me? Um, Karen can't hear you. You, okay, um, if, if just open your mic and uh, resume talking once you can. Um, I'm I'm wondering, you know, for people listening to this, um, if Karen has um, connection problems because that does often happen um, when we are in Clubhouse. Um, so, um, guys, you know, I'm I'm taking notes as Karen and Antoine are talking. I'm literally taking notes. Um, so as far as property is concerned, and, you know, I'll get them to actually confirm, please, guys, just on, on mute once you are back. Um, there, don't, there doesn't seem to be an exempt category of people that we can raise money from. So we need to be compliant. And why is it important that we are actually compliant? Now, if things go according to plan, so, you know, little me in, you know, my, my, my small corner of, you know, Croydon, the FCA is not going to be interested in me. However, if I take someone's money and they lose that money and they go and report me to the FCA and I've not made sure that everything that I've done is actually compliant, I'm going to be in serious trouble because they will go after me and they will get that money back from me. And you know, there's no point in people thinking, oh, that's not going to happen to me because anything can happen to anyone. Guys, are you back? Um, I think they're still having some, some difficulty. So I'm just going to carry on talking until hopefully <laughs> they can get their connection back and then come back. Um, so it, it's it's all about the FC and, and and especially if you've got assets of your own, they will come after you and they will make you sell your assets in order to pay back this person who's lost their money. So it's it really is not worth it, just not worth it at all. And you may you know present this uh, certificate to people and say. Um, I need you to sign this. And when they sign it, they're effectively indemnifying you against, you know, they're saying to you, I'm not going to sue you if things go wrong. It's not worth going into the deal if they're not prepared to say that. Um, and if somebody says, oh, do you know what, I'll do it tomorrow. Stop. Stop and say to them, I can't proceed until you sign this form and give it back to me. Don't don't be don't be don't be lulled into a false sense of security where you just then think, oh, it's all right. We'll just do it. You know, it'll be fine, even though I've sent them the form from them next week, because do you know what? Tomorrow never comes. Patricia, you're back. Can you you're hear back. Us? Great stuff. Yeah, I can hear you now. You, you you were in mid flow, Karen, and the line just went dead. And um, so, yeah, please carry on. Ooh, you've gone again. <laughs> Have you got connection problems? Ooh, oh, this is such a shame because I'm so enjoying, you know, hearing what these guys have got to say. Um, if you can hear me, then please do just unmute as soon as like you're back. Um, because we want to hear your expertise. We want to, we want to learn from you. I'm learning loads. I'm learning loads. I've got my pencil here. I've got my piece of paper here. Um, and I'm taking down notes. Um, you know, these guys are so knowledgeable. It, 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 uh, well, yeah, you're back. You're back. You, 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 have you got connection problems? Y yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry about that. Could you tell us where we cut off? Because we are not quite sure ourselves. Do you remember? Right. Where we left okay. Off? So you were talking about um, friends and family, 
and how they're no longer um, an exempt category and that when you know that piece of um guidance stroke regulations you know was was produced it, it was mainly for startup companies and then i think you went dead after that did did you hear that yes patricia uh yeah, so fr friends and family, right. So wh where I was saying was that the FCA updated the guidance to uh, to say that friends and family were no longer an exempt category for life. So this means that property investors cannot comfortably just promote to friends and family and say that it's fine. So when I looked up the regulation, um, it's written not with property in mind. So there is still a friends and family exemption, but it's written very much for startups. Uh, with startups in mind. So for example, when you're starting up a new business, you know, you, you probably have an idea, but you don't know if your business is going to succeed. You typically would bounce the idea of friends and family and look towards them for seed funding. So this, the FCA recognizes is a common business practice and they allow for it. So the friends and family exception is written very much with that scenario in mind where you can Talk about your business idea and raise money for a company that's about to begin. So if you read between the lines, a property business that is up and running and someone who has already done a deal, that is not going to be considered the equivalent of a startup. So for that reason, we don't think that the friends and family exemption will apply to property investors who have a business that's up and running and have done at least their first deal. Does that make sense, Patricia? Oh, it makes perfect sense. It, and you see, these are the nuances that, you know, lawyers consider. So you, you, if something's not clear, you go and you find out. And funnily, actually, I, I was looking into not just this area, but, you know, another part of, you know, these regulations. And there is a man, so for the benefit of people who might be listening to this, there is a man who spent a long time in the FCA and he is so knowledgeable about, about these things. And everywhere I went and I said, you know, do you know anyone who might be able to give me some guidance on this, who might be able to clarify, you know, this? About three people said to me, go to John Curry. And I tracked him down and I phoned him and he was so helpful. And it wasn't as if I, I, I had any particular reason of wanting to know the answer other than, you know, the love of knowledge the wanting to understand how, you know, these things actually work and, you know, their limitations and how you can use them. But you, you what I, what I really want to say to, you know, the people listening, you know, right now, whether it's in the room or on the podcast later on, is you guys make sure that you are up to date with all of these. So how can people tap into your network so that they can also benefit from your knowledge and you guys keeping up to date? It's definitely Patricia. Just before I share that with you, uh, I would like to confirm that John Corey is indeed a very good source of information. He's someone that we know in our network um, and we resonate because we speak the same language we talk about you know fca rules and he's very keen on flushing out all the rogues in the industry so for those of you who don't know him yet it's really worth a follow now for those of you who would like to to be part of our network we run a private community called the investables uh, and it's in the name itself you know we want to help property entrepreneurs or property developers and in investors you know be investable so this community is really best for property investors and developers who want to work with investors but they want to do so in a professional and compliant manner so in this community uh, we provide fundraising related resources um, such as how to create a quality investor pack which is absolutely key for you to communicate about your business and your projects we also help with how you can, um, how you how you would ace an introductory call. So that's when you have your first chat with an investor, crowdfunding, and many other fundraising related stuff. And obviously you get access to us. We are constantly in a community and we can answer all the questions that you cannot easily just Google. 
Well, thank you. Do you know, I absolutely love the name of the investables. It is, it, it, it rolls off the tongue quite nicely. And like you say, it's all in the name. So um, you help, you literally guide people. So you, I, I'm, I'm all for people, you know, increasing their knowledge um, in the right way. Uh, you know, and 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 linking up with people who can help them grow their businesses. So you know, and and it's people like you that I've been inviting on to you know the guest series, so that people can learn from you. And I am so delighted that I have learned a lot from you today. Um, so it's really really good. Now, um, but 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 can you just please just you know whilst you were offline i was telling people um about um the risks of not having the correct paperwork in place and um you know please correct me if i'm wrong but what i said was it may well be that you know if i if i did um you know a jv with someone and they put their money in the deal and i didn't have you know my documentation in place that the FCA wouldn't know about me, but that's not how I run my business anyway, but it was just by way of illustration. I then went on to say, however, if that person loses their money and they complain to the FCA, then the spotlight's gonna be on me and the FCA will come after me to make good that person's losses, and not just that person's losses, their costs of doing so. Now, am I am I am I wrong in this? You know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that's how I've understood it, and that's why it's so risky. You know, for somebody like me who's risk averse, to do anything that might leave me open to prosecution in the future, and not just that, but also losing money. Yeah, so breach of the FCA rules uh, is a criminal offence, um, and a criminal offence means jail time and an unlimited and or an unlimited fine. So these are the powers that the FCA has. So on a practical basis, you know there are so many property investors and developers out there, and you know most of them on a much smaller scale. Does the FCA have the resources to go after each and every one of us? Probably not. So if they have to go after someone, it's going to be the bigger names that they are going to go after to make an example of, because they are hoping by making an example of the big fish, that's going to trickle down. So the scenario that you've provided, uh, Patricia, is you know I think pretty much spot on from what I can tell. If you are a solo property investor, you know you didn't follow the FCA rules, you've perhaps you know cut some corners here and there. Is the FCA really going to know about it? No they're probably not going to know about it. They're not going to come and audit your business. It's not something they do unless it's been flagged up. So that typically happens when you have a disgruntled investor for whatever reason. Now, when you have a disgruntled investor, that's when they would look to report what you have been doing. And that's when the FCA might come knocking on your door. They might freeze your assets you know, while they are investigating. And typically the FCA, if they come in to look at your business, you know they may not choose to freeze just the um, project that the investor is involved in while they investigate. They could freeze your entire business while they investigate. And this can take up to months. So it's not something you want to risk. And so for that reason, to be able to sleep soundly at night, you know, we highly recommend that everybody just follows the rules. Wow, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it's so important, isn't it? Just to do, you know, you're not a fool by doing things that other people don't do. And like you said, Karen, it's it's all about being able to sleep soundly at night because you know that you've done the right thing, even if other people are not doing the right thing. It's not your concern. Your concern is you and your business and your future and your, you know, your your children and their children. That is your concern, not you know, Mr. A's, you know, business and their children or you know their practices. No. So, uh, in in terms of the investables, um, you've spoken to us, you know, about how you know what you offer within 
you know, the community, the investables. How do people join? If you can tell us, please. Yeah, absolutely. So the investables, uh, we open the doors three times a year, uh, typically at the end of January, at the end of May and at the end of September. Uh, so we are actually about to reopen the doors to the community in just a few days. So on Monday, exactly, the doors will reopen. Um, and uh, so the best way to uh, be kept informed is to just go on our website and there's a wait list that you can join. So the investables wait list and we'll let you know via email when the doors are reopened. So that'll be on Monday and they'll be reopened. They'll be open for a week uh, then. Thank you. So when you say your website, that is www.qualityinvestorpacks.com. That's correct. Is that the yes. one? Okay, That's great the stuff. One. Okay, so hopefully people have got their pens and their pencils and or paper and or however it is that they're taking notes. So just, you know, to repeat, that's www.qualityinvestorpacks.com. So it's quality investor. So that is just one person. So no S after investor and then packs. So that's plural dot com right great stuff now can you are, are you aware of any um or actually just can you just can you just share with us some of like you know the good and the bad practices of people being compliant or not um that you are aware of thank you yeah i think the the bad practices we i mean we see them pretty much daily uh we see social media posts or messages on social media where people ask for money directly, you know, along the line. Interesting. Okay, we, we lost you there. So you said social media posts where they ask for money along the lines and then you went silent. Oh, sorry. I think, yeah, there was a Siri that got in the way on our phone. Uh, yeah, so uh, social media posts or messages on social media where people are going to ask for money directly. So something along the lines or, you know, I've got this great deal. I'm looking for, say, you know, £100,000 and I'm paying this much interest or I'm paying a um, you know this much profit share on the deal are you interested so this is a very um, unfortunately very common example of bad practices uh, because not only is your response rate going to be very low because most people are going to think you know who's that person reaching out to me you know that person i actually don't know anything about at all and they're asking me for money in the first message. Okay, that's that's not going to work uh, at all. So as I said earlier, you know, it's all about taking the time to build a relationship and nurture that relationship uh, over time. Because it's equally important for the investor, for the private investor, to get to know the people behind the deal, as it is for you, the property developer, to get to know your investors. So, you know, due diligence, uh, building a relationship, nurturing that relationship really is a two-way street. You know, you don't want to take just anyone's money simply because they have money, right? You want to make sure that it's going to be a good experience for you as a property developer as well. So the no like trust, you know, works both ways. Yes, the private investors uh, have to know, like, and trust you, but you also have to know, like, and trust the private investors. Wow, thank you very much for that. That is so true, isn't it? And also, I think there might be some courses that actually say to people, post on social media what you're doing and ask if people want to invest in your project. <laughs> they clearly don't know. Um, but yeah, um, and that's it. Yeah, the, 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 oh, yeah. So in terms of due diligence, do you... Um, do you offer assistance? I, I know that you said you guys are available to answer questions that might come up, but is there any particular structure to maybe helping people, um, you know, do due diligence on people that they might be thinking of, you know, getting into bed with? Yeah, so we... Um, uh, 
through the investor back. So within the community, there's a there's a big course like our flagship course that's on creating an investor back, and through that we list everything that a private investor would want to know about a property developer. So the creation of the investor pack, which by the way is a, is a four part investor pack, four part uh, investor pack um, is gonna cover basically everything that a private investor would want to know about someone so that you can really you know, fast track the no lie trust and, and make that relationship progress as, uh, as quickly um, and smoothly as possible from the perspective of both the, the property developer and uh, the investors looking uh, looking to invest um, and so these are you know the, the due diligence checkpoints that private investors will want to know about you you know we, we can just give a few examples um, for instance you know something that very few people talk about but do you have a business continuity plan in place in your business you know, this is something that's very common in the corporate world but not something that we see a lot in the property world. So what happens if you, um, you know, get hit by a bus or if you are sick all of a sudden and you're sidelined for a few weeks? You know, is your business going to uh, still run or is it going to come to a complete stop because you don't have a suitable business continuity plan? So that's the kind of thing that we talk about and that we ask you to incorporate in your investor pack to show the, the best version of yourself and your business and to, to make it as easy as possible for investors to uh, believe in you and trust you and want to invest in you and your deals. Most of the property investors and developers that have done our course, um, Investor Packs Made Easy, have come to us to let us know that by creating their investor pack you know, in the way that we suggest they do, it makes them really think about what they are offering the investor so most people start out with going, you know, oh, yeah, I want to raise money from the investor, but they haven't really given it any thought about, you know, the structure it might take, you know, their business plan, the business continuity plan, as Antoine has just talked about. And by going through the and creating the investor pack, it covers all this, these points that they need to which then helps in future conversations that they may, might have with other people. It gives them the confidence that they have a well thought out business in which they, they can fundraise. Wow, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so you offer this, um, so um, Antoine said, um, um, and I'm so sorry, because I'm calling him Antoine, you've called him Antoine. And I have a really difficult name to pronounce. So I'm very, very particular about pronouncing people's names properly. That, that's okay, Patricia, that's fine. <laughs> and I went onto the internet to, 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 to find out, and, and, and it said, because it's a French-based name, it will be Antoine, but if it's being, it, most people in the UK would, call, would say Antoine, so I thought, I'll go Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Patricia, I think you're doing a great job because I think I'm, Antoine or Antoine has told me more than once that I'm not even pronouncing his name right and I'm his wife so don't don't take my my pronunciation as gospel okay thank you um so um Antoine you said the flagship course and Karen you said um the course IP made easy is it the one and the same course and can you tell us about them if it's the one or if it's two if you can tell us about it or them and how people can um, um, you know get to know about it and sign up for it and attend it you know all of that that would be so useful thank you yes yeah, so that's uh, that's the one in the same course uh, investor packs made easy so it's all about helping you creating your own quality investor pack and it's just one of the multiple resources that are available inside the community uh, the investable so if you join the investables you have access to all our resources so including investor packs made easy there's also a course on structuring deals uh, and resources on crowdfunding, working with SaaS investors, compliance, uh, of course, 
uh, writing investor updates, uh, handling discovery calls, uh, and uh, so on and so forth. And we, you know, um, we keep on building and creating more resources for the community. Uh, so you know, this is just going to get you know bigger and better uh, as we as we continue building the resources for for members. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. So the next um, um, opening day, or not opening day, when the doors open um, to the Investables people is in May on Monday. So um, so this month, because for people listening to the podcast, this is being recorded on the 18th of May, 2022. Um, and the, the the doors open usually three times a year, January, uh, May, and in September. And in order to find out how you can join, and honestly, if anyone is interested in raising private finance for their property deals, I feel confident in saying, honestly, guys, just go register you know, become part of the investables community so that you can get to learn stuff that you need to learn. And sometimes it's the little things that we don't know that can make the biggest differences in what we do. So, um, you know, people might think, oh, well, I don't need to know how to, you know, write a business plan or or how to talk to people. I'm, I'm a very good salesperson, yes. But, you know, still go. And if you don't learn anything, at least you'll know that you've been and you didn't learn anything. It's not for you. But if you don't go, you don't know that you know everything that is is being offered in there. So um, I really would recommend that, you know, quite highly. Thank uh, you so much, Patricia. And I'd just like to add as well. So for those of you who um, would like to check our website, there are other resources on there. So there's an investor back template and uh, various videos uh, to, to help you get started. And you know, we hope that you'll find those resources useful as well. So make sure you go and, and check them out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being so kind. Um, you know, to people who who are in the room and who will be listening to the podcast because if we're creating a business there's no point in doing it unless we have a purpose in mind why are we creating our business is it we're creating it so that we can get the money and go on holidays and buy cars or hire cars or whatever or are we trying to create generational wealth and or financial freedom which is really what maximizing property values is all about. So honestly, guys, thank you so much. Um, now, if you're in the room and you're not already following uh, Karen and uh, um, Antoine, please do click on their on their um, picture and follow them. Um, and I hope we get to see a lot more of you on Clubhouse. And I hope that you will come back and be my guest again, because what you have shared today amazing absolutely amazing you know so somebody like me who loves to tick boxes um it has just been fascinating and just you know so valuable so thank you very 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 much um now i'm i'm getting the red red bar now um, um and and in terms of you know people in the room as you know this recording will be on clubhouse for the next week and then it will the podcast itself will be will be released on wednesday so next week wednesday this will be released as a podcast but in the meantime it's on clubhouse for you to access um so uh, formally i'd like to say karen antoine thank you so much for doing this with me thank you very much Thank you very much for having us, Patricia. It was really good. And, you know, we I know we talked a lot about compliance. You know, that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, it's not something that, that you want to know, but it's something that you must know if you want to look credible in the eyes of investors. Uh, and it's just one of the many things that you can work on to, you know, make yourself the best version of you uh, when it comes to talking to investors and get them to invest in your deals.
thank you so much. Um, and next week, my diary tells me that I am due to be talking to Mark Alexander of Property 118. So um, I need to reach out to him. And um, you know what? Come back on, on Wednesday, people, and come and listen to Mark. Um, that's the plan in any event. And have a great day. Have a most fabulous day. The sun is shining. It's looking absolutely glorious outside. And um, I am just so glad that I've got to listen to Karen and Antoine. I'll, I'm going to keep on calling you Antoine. <laughs> I've, 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 I've fixed it in my brain. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, have a great day. I'm going to close the room now. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.